Welcome to Fantasy Football Frontier, where we help you brave the wilderness that is fantasy football. I am your host, Evan Herman, with my co-host, Mike Dietrich and Chris Webb. How you, how you boys doing tonight? So excited to be here. Fantastic. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Feeling really good over here. Just ready to get into this podcast. You know, I'm, I'm, this, has been, this has been some time coming here between the three of us. We've been jostling around the idea of starting this podcast for, I think, years yep. now. And uh, we're finally taking that dive into the fantasy football podcast world. And we're, we're hoping um, between the three of us, we can help and guide you guys to, your, uh, to the top of the mountain right there, Mike. Yeah, we're going to talk a little dynasty. We're going to talk some redraft. We want to be your one-stop shop in podcasts. Yep, yep, and uh, we're going to start it off kind of uh, introducing ourselves and the kind of players that we love and that we have impacted us the most, um, and we're going to call that our four, our, our Mount Rushmore, so four players off of that. Our fantasy football Mount Rushmore. Love it. Well, I'll start, guys. So, for me, my number one, it was the guy that got me to my first championship. I really could have picked three guys on that team, but I went D'Angelo Williams in 2008. Way back then, that was the first ship I ever won. <laughs> that was the year, of course, D'Angelo Williams had 26 total touchdowns. I remember he shredded the Packers to win me a championship. I think he had four touchdowns week 16, so that was pretty awesome. Um, you guys know this guy pretty well, DeAndre Hopkins. I had him the yeah, league. Yeah. Of, yeah, I know, right? So in our league of record... <laughs> I had him as breakout year. I've had him many, many years. And I also have him in our, in our uh, main dynasty league as well. He's just one of my favorite players to ever do it. Rob Gronkowski, he got me my first ship in our in our main league as far as redraft goes. Him, Le'Veon Bell, Jeremy Hill. But Gronk was my favorite player on that team. And the last one, maybe the most important one for me, was Sean Moreno. I, I can't – I was trying to find the year. Uh, it was the second championship I ever won, and he taught me all – I know about how sideways trades win you championships. And hopefully somewhere along the line for the listeners at home, I will explain to you guys the key of the sideways trade. Now, do you know, <laughs> now, do you know what that trade was? Do you remember that trade? So I, I don't exactly. I know Percy Harvin was in there. I was trading. Oh, that's Percy already lopsided. Harvin. That's already lopsided. <laughs> well, so that was Percy Harvin. Uh, I traded away Percy Harvin. Right. And that was like his MVP season, but it was when he got hurt. And I, I can't remember who I got, but Noshan Moreno was almost a throw-in piece. Mm-hmm. And that, that playoffs, he went on a tear and he won me my high school league. So that was kind of the first element of sometimes those those added pieces that nobody bats an eye at, those that's were what, actually that's what the championship. For, yeah. yeah, so. Like those upside players, yep. Exactly, yep. So yeah, he was my first sideways trade winner, league winner. So yeah, that that's my Mount Rushmore. He said he said first because he kind of has a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly, the only reason why I'm here for the listeners at home is I make a lot of trades. Yeah, that is my value to this podcast. Yeah. So hopefully, you guys send us send us your trade questions. I will be happy to answer them. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trade, trade. We have we have it all here. Here we have it all. Exactly. Well, um, I can uh, I'll hop into my Mount Rushmore here. Right. Um, a couple of guys, obviously. I mean, you guys are gonna know them all, uh, but the, I kind of focused on mainly guys who I remember having either multiple times or also won me titles here. So I'll, I'll start things off with uh, Jimmy D. Mall Charles. Oh, that was <laughs> Jamal Charles, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Jimmy D. Mall. <laughs> he has nicknames for uh, every one of them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Hey, David, uh, yeah, uh, Jamal Charles, um, I had him actually in 09. Uh, it was his breakout season. I got him off waivers. He actually helped me win my very first title. So it was, uh, obviously, I'm going to remember that mm-hmm. guy. Uh, he went off for, um, on a tear, 11, 20 yards, seven touchdowns with 40 catches, 300 yards, and a touchdown. And what did I do? Obviously, I took the guy in 2010 where he had his biggest season, uh, and that was uh, close to 1,500 yards rushing, five touchdowns with um, 45 catches, 500 yards, and three touchdowns um, catching. Uh, he was phenomenal when he was playing, let's be honest here. He was fun to watch. He, he's got to be on. He's, he's on the yep. list. Um, was- another guy you guys are going to be familiar with is uh, Mr. Arian Foster. Um I, I actually got him 
I was watching preseason that year, um, and I remember just kind of seeing glimpses of him. And uh, he had a couple breakout preseason, um, you know, plays where it, it just stuck out to me. And I took a flyer on him late in the draft in 2010, and uh, it, it, I paired him up with Jamal Charles. And I mean, the guy went off: 1,600 yards, 16 touchdowns on the ground, with 66 catches, 604 in the air, with another two touchdowns. I mean, I'd oh, love to have that on my team. Was that? Did you win yeah. that championship too? Yep, I actually won my 09 and. So 10, what I'm noticing so they, is these players you put in is is players that you kind of uh, jumped in on and then won a trophy with those guys, won a title with those yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very memorable. I mean, it's it's those types of players that you kind of, you kind of fall in love with the ones that you kind of get off, you know, you get off waivers yet you, you get uh, via trade, maybe late in the season. Um, it, they're just, they're just fun. Or, or maybe you took a flyer on them and they just paid off, you know, during the draft. Mm-hmm. To make, right. to make the listeners feel better at home. I have a, I have the exact opposite story of Arian Foster. This was back before I was a trade machine. I actually traded Arian Foster the preseason of his breakout for Deshaun Jackson. (laughs) Probably one of my worst trades ever. So, hey, we're all human. Listeners at home, we're all human. We make mistakes and some people make more. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why why mine is last. Trust me, that's why my Mount Rushmore is last. Because there's mistakes (laughs) in this one. So, my my third guy here, you guys know I'm a fanboy. Let's let's roll out his name right here. Uh, David Johnson. (laughs) Um, I, <laughs> I've been a, I've been a big fan of this guy. I actually snagged him off waivers, um, his rookie year. And, um, he, he led me almost to a title almost. I, I fell short second place that year. Um, but the thrill of owning him at, at the end of the year and the way he was running, um, I had to take him again. And so what did I do in 2016? I took that bad boy and he ran for, uh, I think it was like 1200 yards, 16 touchdowns. And he had, I think it was, uh, I have it here, 80 catches, 879 yards, and four more times. So, I mean, the guy was an absolute animal that year. Uh, And he actually brought me uh, to another title, um, which, of course, made me select him again in 2017. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that's where it went all downhill. Yep. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Very quickly went downhill. Wrist injury. And uh, that's the last I've had David Johnson. Well, I mean, to uh, be fair, to be fair, didn't he come in the league pretty old to begin with? He did. Yeah, he he actually came in. So you um, burn bright and uh, go out quick. Yep. So I I had him three years in a row. That's why I had to put him on my Mount Rushmore. He helped me win a title. He was a thrill um, and definitely one of my guys. And then uh, my fourth one I I put on here uh, was Tyreek Hill. Um, so back in 2018 is when I had him, uh, and that I think that was actually his uh, his breakout year as well. It's he had almost 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, he also led me to a title that year. Um, I and I also owned him in Dynasty, and this is why I also uh, added him onto my Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore. Is um, with him going into the court situation he was in, um, you know, with the abusing of the son and whatnot. Um, I had thought I had to get rid of the guy. Full panic. So moment. what did I do? I made the worst decision I could have in my dynasty league, um, the league of record I'm in. And I traded him and 110 for Marlon Mack. Yes, that's all I got back was Marlon Mack. So <laughs> I – Well, at least, at least Marlon Mack still has the backfield to himself. You're fine. Uh, all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had to get rid of him. I didn't think he was going to play it down in the league again. And I – I think that might have been probably my biggest mistake on that team, um, and one I won't forget. And you know, I think you have to go through those mistakes to to learn from. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that leads to my Mount Rushmore. So, it's mine's, mine's a little different. Um, I got two of my favorite, and then I I decided to put in a three headed monster. Um, what I'd like to call them the very impactful players, the ones that I learned from the most. Um, but to start it off, I got C.J. Spiller. Now, C.J. Spiller was my first year. I want to say this was about eight or nine years ago. Um, that year, uh, like I said, my first year, rookie year, I have no idea what to do. Devin actually helped me uh, with my picks. Um, the only person I remember on my team was C.J. Spiller. So, like I said, didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, but this this guy basically brought me to an 8-0, 9-0, and whatever it ended up being. I almost had, like, the league record for most wins, blah, blah, blah. But Sadly, uh, couldn't bring me all the way to the championship. Couldn't bring me to the title. Um, 
but it did what it did for me was it uh it jump-started my obsession for uh fantasy football and that's why we're here now and it just makes me more hungry for it i remember that yep. guy too man he had some hype cj spiller yep now he had one fantastic year and that, then it just that, kind of fell off that was the year that was the year that i had him and then <laughs> that was, and i was yep. like oh this is going to be easy and it wasn't after that because I'll show you guys the three-headed monster. <laughs> so <laughs> we started off with Tyler Lockett. Okay, so this is gonna hurt to say, um, but I'm not always the smartest fantasy player when it comes to thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, get I out. have my takes. I have my hot takes. Everybody has that, but I usually go a little bit at above. So with Tyler Lockett, <laughs> uh, it's 2018 season. Um, the guy gets touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's it can it can keep on happening. No, it can't. It can't. Right, guys, it can't. But it can, and it did. And it did. About <laughs> eight out of ten of those touchdowns were on my bench. <laughs> <laughs> those were on my bench. Eight out of ten of the time, I just. I didn't. I don't know why. I just didn't believe in him. I didn't believe it until the season was over. I looked back and I said, "Wait a minute." He had ten touchdowns in six or sixteen games. Each game, he's just for ten games. He's guy. a very sneaky guy. He doesn't. He's not like loud or anything like that. I mean, if you have him on your team, put him in your lineup. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically that. No, that's one. That's one of the heads of the monster that I have. Uh, my next one, and these guys are all in the same year. So this is, this, <laughs> mind you, this is all in the same year. Keep that in mind. All right. So the next one I got is Aaron Rodgers. I think you guys know uh, what happened with that. Um, basically, weeks. Uh, I love the guy, first of all. I love him. Um, right now, I guess this year he's kind of being a, a poop in the pants. But regardless, uh, week, <laughs> weeks 12, and this, this is also a Super, Super Bowl run for me. Weeks 12 to 15, he was pooping the bed. Couldn't play. Couldn't score over. He wasn't scoring over 20 points. I think he did it one time in four games. So what do I do? I sit him in the championship game. The title winning game, I sit him. And what does he decide to do? Betray me. That's what he did. He went off. He went <laughs> hey, off he taught you a lesson. Never sit your studs, man. That's what he did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He you never sit your he went, he went off for 442 yards, 32 rushing, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. That was a slap in the face for me and a learning experience for me. <laughs> but he's going to be my Mount Rushmore because these ones, these ones are learning. These are, these are learning experiences. That's what I like to keep them as. Now, this one is a love-hate relationship. I don't know where we stand right now, um, but when I had him in the beginning – it was beautiful. It was a great relationship. And that person is Philip Lindsay. Now, with that, mind you, like I said before, all three of these guys, same year, same title run, same team. This all happened. <laughs> yeah, this one hurts. I know where you're going with this. This one hurts. Yep. I get this. Yep. Yeah. Phil Lindsay, he has a great week one. Probably scores about like 16, 16, points, 16 points fantasy. I mean, it's, it's good for undrafted free agent, you know. So I pick him up off a of waiver. I basically throw money at him, pick him up. Never left my lineup for, unless he had a bye week, never left my lineup, carried me, basically carried me to the promised land. Now, when we got to the promised land, that's when things fell apart. <laughs> I don't know if it was the first quarter or second quarter, but um, the injury struck his wrist. I don't know if it was a fracture, but there was an injury wrist to the wrist. Now, when that happened, that knocked him out of the game. So, with that, and Rodgers on my bench, and Lockett on my bench, I obviously lost that title. Now, the worst part of this all, if I had Aaron Rodgers in, I would have won that title. So, what you learn from this, what you have to learn is there's three different things. Always ride the wave. If Lockett's doing good, go with Lockett. Um, never sit your studs, Mike. You already said that. <laughs> you know what I remember about that year, yeah. Chris? Winning yep. the title. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. So what I sadly remember, Chris, was that was that 
Philip Lindsay injuries. My memory right? That was Monday night, wasn't it? That was Monday night football. Yep. That was oh, yeah. He needed yeah, like think, four points I, or something yeah, stupid. It was, it? I mean, it was yeah. He needed nothing. No, out I of think him. he. Yep. I think he needed eight points if I remember correctly because I was like, "There's no way I'm going to beat him. Right. There's no way I'm going to beat him." I don't think I had anyone Monday, and he had Philip Lindsay. I was like, "That's game. Like he's he's up. Like all he needs is eight points from Philip Lindsay." And what happens is he injures his wrist, and I think he was like like yeah, three points away, two points yep. away from me, and I was like, "Oh my!" Would have been my first title in our league of record, the one that I yep. that I cared about the most, that I wanted. I still don't have it. Um, still chasing it and i will still chase it until i get at least one of them um but i'll make my last guy quick um and he's obvious and he's great and he's fantastic and nobody can say they hate him it would be wrong if they did and that guy is patrick mahomes and you guys know you love him too now it's it's annoying that i love him yeah yeah it's annoying because he's on a team with a title in the dynasty You're just the worst type of person. <laughs> no, there's, not, there's, there's really nothing much I can say about it. I drafted him, I drafted him, I drafted him, um, in the, uh, what was it, 2017, I drafted him. I just saw that twinkle in his eye. You know, when you catch that in an eye, when you, when you catch that in somebody's eye, you chase that. You go after that. You pick him up. You draft him. You do whatever you need to do to get that guy on your team. And I did that. And I'm still holding on to him. And he'll probably be on my team until he's 42, not retired yet, still making no-look passes. I love the guy. <laughs> well, you simply just go get your guy. Go get, get your guy. I like it. I don't like this. We're talking Hello? about my defeat. Let's move on. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about mine? Well, <laughs> yeah, you chose for that, though. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but um, basically, what do you? how long have you guys been playing? I think, I, like I said, I've been playing for eight years, and Devin was the one that got me into it. Um, I did. I think I'm going on eleven, maybe my twelfth mm-hmm. year. Okay. Yeah, and I think I I know I won a ship in 2008. And I think that was probably my second or third year playing. So I I'm probably up to about 14 years. Okay. Yeah. There you so go. you guys you guys still have the years on me, and obviously you still will have the years on me. But Comic Leaf has to be here somewhere, you know. Right. You know, I think I think especially for the viewers uh, listening here. I mean, there's there's titles between all three yes. of us um chris has a dynasty title in our league of record and um, well, stop talking about that come <laughs> on guys <laughs> hey, hey he's, what he's, he's basically what he's basically saying me, what he's hey. basically saying is we do know what we're talking about to some extent we we we, yeah. we are deep into this um almost too deep some people would say um but we we just love the sport and we love we love uh fantasy football that's basically what it comes down to and to reference the joke really quick I, I have two kids that I love dearly, fiance. I love my dynasty team. And Chris Chris, Chris beat me in the championship game two years in a row. I've had the best team in the league, and, and two years I've come up short. So it it pains me. It pains me so much. So that, that's the joke going right now. Yeah, yeah. We will probably uh, reveal our teams, our dynasty teams, and kind of show you guys what we're thinking and, and what we're thinking about doing in the future and stuff like that with that team. And you guys will see – that Michael's team is stupid. Um, we still don't know how it happens, but it's here and it's here to stay. I do. Um, <laughs> so we'll, it's stupid. I, it doesn't win. Fantasy football is so stupid. <laughs> That's the thing. He had a powerhouse against me, and I still beat him with Mike Boone and Devin Singletary. We'll never. Oh gosh! So let's tell what it was. It was Tyler Boyd and Lamar Jackson. Move on. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean. Speaking of, speaking of dynasty here, boys. I know we just recently did our uh, our rookie draft here, but I think um, we should discuss who our one one would be. I did not, unfortunately, have that option to have the one one. Um, Mike, you were close. I know you had the one two in our league of record, um, but I I think we should uh, break down that one one. Love it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, um, I'll I'll start it here. Um, so I actually went with, and I'm I'm gonna give him a nickname here. Um, I'm gonna call him the Cha Cha Cha. All right, you guys may not like him. I'm gonna. We call may him not, that. or we don't. You choose. <laughs> we, we 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 can't. We cannot condone that as the uh, the podcast nickname for. Clyde. I also. Can't do that. I'm sorry, that's man. Not, that's he's not speaking for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a Devin. Fine. That's a Devin original. 
Well, I'll call him. I'll, I'll call him Chop Chop Chop. Or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Slide to the left, um, slide to the right, touchdown. <laughs> that you know what, guys? That might work. Actually, this might be growing on me. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, so you know, I, I would like to start off. There was no better landing spot um, than the the Chiefs, and the reason I say that is uh the champions got a champion mm-hmm. i mean cha cha was on a champion squad he's going to a champion squad uh th- this kid went off in 2019 he ran for uh 14 14 uh rushing yards averaging 6.6 uh with 16 touchdowns and that was just on the ground uh 55 catches 453 yards and another touchdown <laughs> through the air um he actually reminds me of Maurice Jones Drew and that he was fun to watch. Right. So if if he's anywhere near Jones Drew level, I think he is going to be a fantastic addition to any dynasty team, um, let alone the Chiefs. Uh, he he runs incredibly hard between the tackles, shows enough burst to turn the corner on the edge. Uh, he, he only had two fumbles last year. One of them was lost. Uh, so his security is great. Um, the kid's got good acceleration. He's got good hands. So, you know, he's going to be uh, catching out of the backfield, which Andy Reid loves to do with his running backs. Um, and he also has some decent pass protection. He'll probably have to work on that a little bit. Um, but for me, the outlier of why I would take him one, one is, is really the Andy Reid running back. You, if you get a running back on Andy Reid's team, whether it be when he was with the Eagles and he was running Westbrook or whether he was with the chiefs and he's running Charles, mm-hmm or even your little guys like your Damian Williams who steps onto the field for Andy Reid, and he is phenomenal for fantasy players. It, he just has always had top-end fantasy-producing running backs. Um, and not to mention, Patrick Mahomes himself wanted this kid. He told the staff, I want him. Go get him. So why take him with the 1-1? I mean, it, 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 he's going to produce year one and on. He's going to be with a young quarterback. He's going to be with an Andy Reid-led offense for at least the next four to five years. I mean, you're there's no wrong side of taking him. You know, that's just kind of what how I see it. You, and you do have somebody that does agree with you in Mike. Um, I think he made the switch from Taylor to Clyde Edwards. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to hear that take because obviously I'm the contrarian and I'm, I'm obviously going Taylor here. So I'd like to hear what you think also, Mike. Okay. That, that's fair. So I'll be honest with you guys. I, my whole spiel is going to be, I think you should get one too. Uh, I have both these guys in the same tier. We talk about tier based drafting a lot. They're, they're a two man tier of their own for me. I do lean Clyde. I, I think Devin touched on it. My player comp is more Brian Westbrook for him. In 2007, Brian Westbrook had two, over 2,000 all-purpose yards. He had 90 catches. Uh, in 2006, he had 77 catches. And I think in a PPR league where we play, the, the ceiling of Clyde because of the floor of probably 60 catches, I mean, this is what he flourished with in college, is so safe. The other element I, I kind of love, this is just a total – side thing that I, I just really like Joe Burrow was asked who the best player he has ever played with yeah. in college his answer is Clyde he played with Jamar Chase who's going to be the first wide receiver off the board next year he played with Justin Jefferson who was a first round pick this year the guy played with a ton of talent on a national championship LSU squad and his answer is Clyde I tend to lean that way now that being said I absolutely love Jonathan Taylor and I did I switched this I and I keep going back and forth that's why my mind always works on the trading aspect of fantasy football. And if I have one, one, I'm talking to the guy at one, two, and I'm trying to feel out who he likes. And if I can get one, two in an asset because of a guy falling in love with Clyde or Taylor, I'm willing to do that because I think these guys are so, so close. But for me, just in a PPR league, the floor of Clyde just feels a little bit safer, but don't, don't spin it. I love Taylor as well. So that's why I want one, two. Right, right. And here is, like it's like you guys already already said, you, you're probably not going to change your mind. Um, but here's how I'm going to try to change your mind. Uh, you guys probably have looked into this already before. Um, but two simple reasons right off the bat is better O-line, better runner, better runner, Papa John. That's basically what you have to – that's basically what it comes down to. 
Um, this guy has a production in college uh, all three years. Comes out as a freshman, what I think it's exactly 1,977 yards. That's insane. Compared to Clyde Edward Hilaire, who had under 50, I want to say. Uh, if I had to, I'd have to look back at that, which I think you guys would know what that stat was. Um, but that's what I what I'm doing here is I'm looking at the numbers and I'm looking at who played with what and and um, how much production there was. Yes, Taylor has the mileage on him. He has 900, 900 touches. But you don't give somebody 900 touches for no reason. You give it to him because he can do it. Um, Wisconsin's a great team. I mean, they have they have other options to give to, but you're going to give it to that guy that you can always win with. And that's that's great to have. Obviously, um, Clyde Hilaire has landed on um, probably the best landing spot for any running back. Um, especially with his talents, because he is a he is he is a good he is a good running back. Um, but like like I said, is um, I look at the numbers, I look at stats usually, um, and just in comparison, um, Taylor, um, Jonathan Taylor, it was six point six. I want to say it was six point six um, yards averaged in college. Now Saquon Barkley, he averaged five point seven. And yes, yes, I know, I know all about, I know all about the uh, the catching ability. But then this is where we look at this. This is where I'm going to come in with the catching ability. Now, with Melvin Gordon, you guys know that name, right? You guys know that guy. I do. Now, yeah, you're, uh, you're going to make a point that, that I love here. So, yes. yeah, keep going. With Melvin Gordon, he was on the same exact team. And what did he do there? They didn't ask him to do any pass catching. He was a runner. What is John Taylor? He's a runner. Now, when Melvin Gordon got to the league, what happened? 2015, I think it was 37, 37 receiving uh, receptions, excuse me. Um, 2016, it was 41. So what does this tell you? It tells you that this is a learned skill. It's not that you have to have it right away. You don't have to have it in college. You can be an amazing runner and still be a great pass catching running back in the future because it's seen. The stats are there. It's, it's on paper. You can see that. So if, if Jonathan Taylor gets that, and he understands passing out of the back. What what would you guys choose then? Who would the guy Who would the guy be then? Well, Chris, Chris, I love what you brought up because I actually had that statistic too. So in in his college career, Melvin Gordon caught twenty two balls. Jonathan Taylor caught forty two. Exactly. Yep. James James White, who we only know James White name because he is a pass catching back. Even <laughs> his senior year at Wisconsin, he had thirty nine catches, which I understand for college running backs, respectable, but. That's just not a program. You touched on it. That's not a program that asks their running backs to catch a lot of passes. Um, another thing you touched on that I love, and, and like I said, I'm the guy that goes back and forth on this. He Taylor does have 926 carries in his three years. Yep. He does have tread on the tire. But you know what's impressive about that? Zero injuries. Zero injuries. I yep, could not absolutely. find one injury. I would, yeah, that, nope. that, was another, that was another one of my points. 900, yep. a lot of tread, zero injuries. That's, that's exactly what you want. That's right. exactly what you want. So, no, I'm a huge fan of that. I, really, I only want to jump back and for one thing, too. Uh, I forgot a very important point for me why, at the moment, I lean Clyde. That is the fact he was the 32nd overall pick. He gets – we're talking dynasty. He gets the fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. So, he has an extra year in Kansas City than Taylor does on his rookie year, and we know that running backs don't really get paid. So, right. uh, he, he does have an extra year with Mahomes. So, but Okay, right, right. The cool thing with uh, Jonathan Taylor, though, is his uh, new quarterback there, Philip Rivers, uh, was also the man handing the ball to Melvin Gordon. Both Wisconsin Badgers. It's kind of right. These guys are these are they're not the same player, but they're they're crazy. It's weirdly tied to each other. I'd want to say. I mean, it kind of it's kind of yeah. goofy. And I do think I th- I really do like that Colts offensive line uh, and Jonathan Taylor. The only so. The reason why I went one one with uh, Cha 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 is um, I think after this year, actually for both these guys, um, Clyde and Taylor, uh, after this year, I think is when we will really see the true colors on these two because this year we're going to have um, Clyde with Damian Williams, and I don't see Williams uh, just all of a sudden not getting touches. And uh, same with Jonathan Taylor, I don't see Marlon Mack just being on the back uh, the back burner. Right. Um, so I. I believe this year both of those guys will be in a RBBC. Um, however, next year, once Williams and Mac are both free agents, 
I think that is the year we will see it. So come 2021, we're going to see, uh, we're going to see what these boys can do. Right. And now there's just something else I just like kind of thought of um, just on the flies we're looking in. I looked at when Joe Burrow, Joe, excuse me, Joe Burrow uh, transferred uh, from Ohio state, which was in 2018. And you notice how in 2018, and now I don't remember who the um, LSU quarterback was before that, but um, you notice the jump in Clyde Edwards Hilaire's um, stats. 2018 from 2017, he had 31 yards rushing. 2018, he had 658. And then in that insane Joe Burrow year where they championship crazy, it was an insane year, record breaking. 2019, he jumps with 1,400 yards. Now, with knowing that, would you guys possibly think that CEH just benefited from Joe, Joe Burrow? You know, I, I don't think he bent. Well, no, I definitely think he uh, benefited from Burrow. Um, however, I do think uh, the kid is talented enough to have got it done. I, I can see his stats kind of going up, which obviously is a, a plus for a player. You want to see their stats moving in the right direction. Um and I do think Burrow being there definitely helped the whole offense. Yep. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I I would say he did benefit with Burrow. Right. My last my last point on this one is just basically NFL as a whole. Um, you, you can kind of tell it, it's kind of going slowly, but you can tell that the running back position isn't as loved as it used to be. Um, teams will kick. It doesn't matter how good you are. Teams will kick you to the curb um, if you ask for too much money. Blah blah blah. All that. All that. You know. Um, uh, salary cap and all that, and the contract and stuff like that. They'll they'll kick you to the curb. Um, we've seen that in Melvin Gordon. We've seen that in Le'Veon Bell. Um, now we have Cook and Mixon that still haven't been signed. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking they will be, but they're still in the same position. If you if you see like they're still in the boat, you don't know. Um, so the reason I say that is, say Jonathan Taylor left the Colts, went to a different team. CEH went to a different team. Who would you rather have? Who do you think is more um, bust proof, per se? Like, do you think John Taylor go to any team and just be better than Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Because that's what I think. I think John Taylor can go to basically any team he wants to and succeed. I don't think well, CEH can. So I, I, I want to jump in there because I, I didn't answer the Burrow thing. I think the Joe Burrow take is a slippery slope, though. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, did did Justin Jefferson benefit from Joe Burrow? Right. That's heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah did yes. Jamar Chase benefit from Joe Burrow? Absolutely. I I think the reality of the situation is you're gonna if you play at an LSU or an Alabama. I mean, are we saying well, did Najee Harris is he gonna you know did he benefit last year from Tua or I, I just I have a hard time with that one. If you play SEC football, if you play big boy football, you're gonna play with good players. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have any issue with Clyde being on that football team, and I do think that, yes, you get hung up on the landing spot with Clyde, and I understand that. He's still a really good player, and he still was a first-round running back who has – I mean, he, he runs a full route tree at, at the running back position. When you're talking in PPR format, I do think that that guy's ceiling is just – it's or the floor, I'm sorry, the floor is raised because of what he can do in that area. And I, and I believe Taylor can figure that out, but Clyde can walk in day one and do that for you. So I, I – I love the tail on a Taylor, but I think we're underselling Clyde's ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. The, the only reason I still lean at Taylor is because that was that, that three years of production, it, it, the insane production. And then you look at Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and you see basically nothing until that final year. And that's, that's, what, that's what I get to is I just want that longevity. I want that where I can see the numbers. And I'm like, okay, this is obvious. You take this guy. doesn't matter where they go, landing spot. You just take this guy. And that's what I kind of see. I just go off, kind of go off the numbers, and, and that's who I go with. Yes, I mean Taylor's definitely the more, the more polished, explosive runner. I, him and Barkley were the only guys to weigh. I think it was up to weigh two thirty and run a four four below that in, in like combine history. So, and his vision's great. So Taylor is a runner. It Clyde's not in that ballpark, but like I said, Clyde runs a fuller outro at the running back position. So right. So speaking of real quick, speaking of because uh, I brought up Cook and Mixon, who do you think gets signed first? I think they they both kind of went at the uh, situation differently. Cook said he was the best running back, and Mixon said he might hold out. I believe he said something like that. Um, who do you think will get signed first? 
um, I can go here. I, I think Mixon gets signed first. And it's just simply because of the way those teams are built. Minnesota's very tight against the cap. Yep. And Madison's very capable. And and they're a contender. Where you look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati's only goal, I, I'm a New York Giants fan. Cincinnati has the same goal we do. The only way they're going to get where they want to go is you got to make Joe Burrow look like a million bucks. Yep. How do you do that? You get him a run game, get him an offensive line, give him playmakers around him. They need to sign Joe Mixon. Com- competitors, uh, teams trying to win Super Bowls, logic says don't pay that running back. But if you if you got a young quarterback that you need to make look good, Joe Mixon's going to help you. So I, I think Mixon gets signed first. And Joe Mixon is still very young. Uh, I think it would yeah. be it would be an obvious mistake if they didn't sign him. Uh, put the weapons put the weapons around Joe Burrow. He's already amazing. Yeah. Um, just right. make the people around him is just as amazing. Do you have a name put on that? Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think uh, Joe Mixon will get signed first, um, mainly because of the salary cap. And um, I just think, uh, kind of like bouncing off what Mike said there, um, the, the team need Burrow is going to need a running game. Whereas the Minnesota Vikings, we are, a am uh, a Vikings fan, so I can kind of speak towards um, that as a whole, the, the running game um, behind cook and Madison. I don't think uh, the Vikings will be as worried uh, losing cook because Madison did show up last year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how they are, uh, how they look this year and how Madison looks in year two. To see, I see. I'm a huge Delvin Cook fan. I think that guy is one of the best backs in the league. Uh, I would be very sad to let him walk, mm-hmm. but I, money money talks, and I don't see the Vikings being able to resign him or freeing up enough cap space to resign him. Uh, so I, I see him walking next year. And I do too. Yeah, I, agree, I agree with that. I be like I said, like you said, I'm a Vikings fan as well, and I would hate to see him walk. But um, when it comes down to it, that's a big possibility. Yeah. I, I definitely, but speak, be, speaking of next year. So there's, there's a couple things here uh, that, that we got to discuss. So who, can, who can't you buy next year and who's going to be in the bargain big bargain bin next year is the question here. Um, how you guys want to start? You guys want to start with the can't buy or you guys want to start with the, I think we should bin? go with can't buy first. Um, yeah, positive 2020, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah, positive 2020. And I, Devin, will have yours <laughs> next because I obviously have your guy in the bargain bin. <laughs> yeah, we're sa- we're saving that one for last. It will so, be pretty so. interesting. So we'll we'll flip we'll flip what we're doing uh, the order that we're going in. So I'll go after Mike. Uh, Mike, take it away. Oh, thanks, guys. I, I don't know if I could hold my excitement for this guy. So Mike <laughs> yeah. can't buy for next year. <laughs> he might be on my dynasty team. I might have traded a lot to get him. Uh, that's AJ Brown. Uh, so right now he on fantasy pros, which I like to reference because they're the culmination of rankings. Mm-hmm. He's number 22 overall. He's the number 11th wide receiver in dynasty rankings. I'm going to tell you why I think next year he's in the top 10. You can't touch him. So let's talk about a little bit about the 2019 season for him. So he, he had 84 targets. He had 52 receptions, 1,051 yards, eight touchdowns, 20.21 yards per catch. Uh, and he also had a touchdown on the ground. So he already in PPR format was wide receiver 21 last year. Standard, he was wide receiver nine. Now what's changing for him? So his second year this year with Ryan Tannehill, it should be a full year of Ryan Tannehill. They paid the guy enough. I actually think that's a great thing. They were they were linked to Tom Brady. I was a little nervous, frankly, because I, I bought A.J. Brown thinking Ryan Tannehill would be his quarterback. They had great chemistry. Yep. A.J. Brown had 465 yards after the catch. He is special with the ball in his hand. That ranks six in the NFL at the wide receiver position. But what I really, really want to focus on with A.J. Brown is the player he is, how good he is. He was second in the NFL last year in yards per route run. You, you wonder what the top five was? He only lost to Michael Thomas. He was truthfully tied with Stephon Diggs. The other two guys, Tyree Kill and Julio Jones. So I want to read that back. Hit the top five in yards per route run in 2019 was Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, Julio Jones. He was that good. He's in that tier of wide receiver. He was selected as PFF's Offense Rookie of the Year. From week seven till the end of the season, and why week seven gets brought up is that was when that was Ryan Tannehill's first start. 
from week seven till the end of the season, he was graded as the third overall wide receiver in football per PFF. The guys he trailed, Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. We're talking about an elite wide receiver prospect. We're talking about a guy that ran a 4.49. He runs every route on the route tree. He's 230 pounds. He's special after the catch. And the only worry I have with him, but also why I think the ceiling is so crazy high, he had 84 targets last year. That's low. Yep. They they are ninth in vacated target percentage for 2020. 25.1% of their targets are vacated, gone. He would have been on pace even last year for 98 targets with a full season Ryan Tannehill. That's still low. But you put 25% on top of that. And and mind you, he's probably not going to get all that. But I think the floor for him is 115, 120 targets next year. You're giving the guy who was second in yards per route run another, what would that be, another 40 targets? I mean, that's Chris Godwin territory as far as targets go. I think Chris Godwin got 122 and if you give him that, I think he has a Chris Godwin type leap in ranking. So I, I could write a love letter to AJ Brown. I think he's that phenomenally good of a wide receiver. I think he's going to be stupid, ridiculously good next year, and nobody's going to be able to buy him for me. Um, <laughs> right, right. We don't we don't agree on much, but um, basically everything you slap down is is what I feel as well that AJ Brown's going to go crazy. He's going to go nuts. Um, he's already shown what he's capable of. Um, he's just so good. He's you won't be able to buy him next year. Yes. Um, we, I mean, we, regardless, you're not gonna be able to buy him from Mike. He's the owner of that in our, in our <laughs> league. Um, Hopefully you're not in the league he, with me. He's probably Fresh. the most loved yeah. on his team. And, it, and yes, his team is stacked, but uh, yeah, it's, and, he even has Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it's kind of one A, one B for love. I, but I, yeah, I love AJ Brown. I love CD Lamb. I don't know if those players will ever leave your team, honestly. Yeah, I don't. I don't. For for listeners at home, I traded Dalvin Cook for AJ Brown and and a first rounder. So, so that's how much this, is, this is how much love he's showing. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. I'll throw that out in the open. I'll open myself up to criticism. That's what I believe AJ Brown is. So a lot of love. You can, yeah. Sometimes you got to go after your guys, and you got to go and get them, and you, and, and you succeeded. Yeah. I'm still I'm still chasing mine. Uh, you guys will find out later. But Devin, who's your guy? So this this is who I picked uh, for a couple of reasons. One. I own him in our uh, dynasty league, the league of record. Um, but the guy is Juju Smith Schuster. I the reason the reason why I'm picking him as a can't buy next year is right now you could probably get the guy, uh, maybe not super cheap because he still has that name. Yeah. Um, but he he had a very very bad year. Let's just be honest here, um, man. He was supposed to take hold of that Alpha role in Pittsburgh, uh, but the season it was it was a wash. I, you know how many quarterback changes was there? What two two or three at least? He was playing with the third string. Duck Hodges and Mason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no chemistry. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> yep. No, I mean it was. It, Big Ben goes down. You can have your second come in. He goes down. You have your third come in. Um, not to mention they did switch his roles. They moved him out of the slot to move him into the AD role, obviously trying to be that alpha dog. Um, and he actually got out-targeted by uh, James Washington and Deontay Johnson. Um, so so th- this last year was a very, very down year for the kid. Um, he's only 23, though, guys. He's, he's young. He's still – he's going to be hitting his prime here, and he's going to be um, – I mean, he also missed four four games last year um, with injuries, so his his whole season was derailed. So I think you could probably get him a little bit cheaper now. And the reason why I don't think you'll be able to buy him as cheap next year is uh, a couple factors here. We got Big Ben returning, um, which Big Ben he's a decent quarterback. Sure, his uh, his elbow that's going to be the question here. We're going to have to see how he plays. But, man, when he is on the field, you can definitely see it, uh, especially with his wide receivers. The numbers just increase with him. Um, he is getting up there in age, so it'll be kind of interesting. But uh, if Big Ben is healthy, uh, I love the kid. I think he's going to have a, a comeback comeback season. Um, let's let's see what I'll uh, – you know, he, he, he is also set to become a free agent in 2020. Um, so if the Steelers don't want to re-sign him, he is – He's young. 
he's talented. And just imagine if he could, he goes to one of these wide receiver needy teams with a young quarterback, uh, such as, you know, maybe the Texans, the Ravens, the Eagles. Either way, I think uh, if you can get Juju cheap right now, you might as well get him because after this season, I, I think he's going to be a lot tougher to get after uh, he has a little comeback. Not to mention they are moving him back to slot where he was when AB was playing there. And that's, that's where the, that's where he really shined. He, is mismatched with those those um, slot corners. Um, I think you're going to see a big year out of him as long as, obviously, he stays healthy. Um, and good luck trying to buy him as cheap as you could buy him right now next year. Um, I'm going to jump in here quick, and I'm going to jump the gun a little bit because um, I actually do have Juju in my bargain bin, and I'm going to jump in here just so we have it all fresh in the information of why he's not going to be a buy. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to give a little bit of information on why I think he is going to be in that bargain bin. Now, Juju Smith, love the guy, 23 years old, fantastic player, very talented. We all know this. Um, the reason I say bargain bin is because basically his play, um, like we've already, like Devin's already said, is established by Big Ben. Now, if Big Ben, he's 38, um, if Big Ben can still do it, who knows yet? Um, he had that injury, so we still have to, we still have to look at that. It like I said, it, it's based off a of big band and what he can do if he can't do it anymore. I think Juju suffers in that. The stats stuff suffer. He's on a contract year. You don't know where he goes. Now you can kind of play off of that and talk the guy into trading it. But like, hey, get him off your hands. You don't know what's happening with him. You you see back to back years where he suffered. And like I said, it's bargain bin. It's not throwaway. This is this is basically recycling. It's not trash. You don't want to throw these guys away. They're still gonna be good. You still want them. Um, it's just great analogy. Really well done. <laughs> I, I just think that um, he will be a lot cheaper than people think um, because of all the situations um, around him. Sure. You know, and I can definitely see that said as well. Uh, I know the Steelers did bring in uh, Chase Claypool, and they obviously have Deontay Johnson and. James Washington. So, you know, some, some guys, uh, including myself may look at that and be like, shit, Juju's got some guys to deal with, um, and competition. Uh, but that's really when you can see the better players, you know, hopefully if, as long as he can take that alpha role, um, but you can see the better players come through and, you know, just seeing him, uh, moving them back to slot. It's going to be pretty interesting to see. So um, I'm chomping at the way. bit. Can, can I weigh in here, guys? Because this is this was fun for me. Yeah. He's a he's a can't buy on one, and he's a bargain bin on the other. Yep. I'll, I'll try to keep it quick. So, Devin, a question for you: Would you believe yep. me if I told you on Fantasy Pros and Dynasty Rankings he is still the 14th overall player? Hey, give give it to me. Let's that's go. Nuts, that's nuts. So he's still <laughs> he's still the wide receiver 14 overall according to that. Now, Chris said something. This is why I'm chomping to get in there. Chris said his play was established by Big Ben. I lean with Chris on, I think he's going to be more bargain Ben because the ceiling for him, like he, he could have a great year. I don't think he's getting higher than 14 overall. But what I really want to touch on is I disagree with his play was established by Big Ben. I think his play was established by Antonio Brown. Two years ago, mm, right. when AB was still there, I actually couldn't believe it. I had to I had to look at two different sites because I could not believe this. You want to know how crazy AB's twenty or uh, I'm sorry Juju's twenty eighteen season was? He was fourth in the NFL in targets. He had hundred and sixty six targets. He only Holy. had three less targets than Antonio Brown. But what happened was he got hundred and sixty six targets going up against the team's second best cornerback. Yep. And the issue with that is. Even if he gets 166 targets again, which would be what that would have been double, more than double of what he got last year, he still has to find a way to beat the Stephon Gilmore's. Which, by the way, week one last year he didn't figure out with Big Ben. I I love Juju. I love the personality. I think he's a good wide receiver, but I think Chris was Chris was almost there. I just think it's it has way more to do with the fact. That he had a hundred, he was hundred the fourth most targeted wide receiver, hundred and sixty six targets, but he never saw the attention because he wasn't the best fo- uh, wide receiver on his football team. Yeah, I do agree with that. I agree no. with that. 
So I, you guys go back at it. I just I was chomping chomping to get it back in there. No, I mean we're not. I I think I'll just move on to my next guy. Um, because Juju is gonna show up in this too. He's he's popping up everywhere. Um, but this guy, he's my AJ Brown. Um, he's my guy that I'm chasing, trying to acquire. Yes, Jordo, I'm looking at you. I'm I'm still coming for him. <laughs> um, that guy is Terry McLaurin. Um, the guy's great. Like I said with Pat Pat Mahomes, the guy has it. I see it. The guy's gonna be a star. Um, what else more can I say? I mean, his first year, his rookie year, 900 yards. You wanna know who else did that? We just talked about him, Juju. It, it's basically their stats are basically the same across, and that's exactly. Like, and then the following year after that, Juju fourteen hundred yards, seven touchdowns. I mean, I could see, I could see that out of McLaurin. He, he doesn't have anything else. Him, really, I, I could, I could see that. I, and that's why I'm chasing him is because I feel like this guy could be big, huge. And I know a lot of people are are obviously not don't think that he can do as as much as I can, or uh, excuse me, as much as I think he can. Um, but who else do they have for Red, Redskins wide receivers? Um, I mean, they're, they're going to get the running game down sooner or later. I don't know who they're going to give the rock to, but it'll be somebody. Uh, please <laughs> yeah. get Bryce Love. I don't know Bryce Bryce Love. <laughs> but, um, basically, you know, yeah, go ahead. I, I actually do like Terry McLaurin as well. The only concern I have with him is actually the quarterback, Mr. Dwayne Haskins. That's, I could see I could see Scary Terry being a really good wide receiver, especially for fantasy football purposes. It really the concern for me is to see if Haskins can take that uh take that leap and actually have a actually be able to hold a wide receiver one right. um fantasy wise. Now, I mean, admittedly fourteen hundred yards might be obviously over the top, but if he gets nine hundred plus more yards do you really think he can be touched? I mean, you do that two years in a row. You do that your rookie year, then you do that your sophomore year. I don't think that guy's getting touched. I don't think you can be touched. You have seven touchdowns along with that. I mean, I know it's I know it's on the smaller side, um, but that's that's consistency. And you guys know, I fucking love I, I love consistency. I do. <laughs> Excuse me. Great. Now we have to mark this explicit off. Sorry. <laughs> I believe in love. I, I love consistency, and I, I like to see that. Um, but that's basically what it comes down to. McLaurin is basically my A.J. Brown. Um, he's a guy I'm chasing, still come, going after him. I haven't got him yet. Um, I was actually thinking about starting up a new dynasty just to draft him, just to feel something, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my guy. I actually – I like this pick. Uh, I, I disagree with – he for him to be untouchable, for me, that's climbing into that, like, 15, 10 overall ranking – He's going to need more 900. The The Haskins thing doesn't worry me as much because I think that's a one-year issue at most. Either And, and people kind of forget, but they're, they're uh, teammates in college. They both played at Ohio State. But mm-hmm. if Haskins is still terrible, he's not going to be there next year. So it's a one-year minimal thing. My only worry is they did draft a wide receiver that I think is really interesting in Antonio Gandy Golden. Gandy Golden. Gandy. Yeah. yeah. And at 6'4", he profiles for me. I just worry about Terry's touchdowns. That would be my only thing. Because at 6'4", for Gandy Golden, he profiles as a, as a red zone threat. Yeah. I, I really do. I like the Terry pick. I just don't know if he quite makes that high of a jump. But but I like Terry stock going up for sure. I feel that. I feel yeah, that. Yeah, because because he's number forty six overall. On fantasy. Right. That's that's crazy low. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Chris, you already did your bargain. I did bin. one. Mike, I did one the... of mine. I did one of my bargain bins, but we can move on to the bargain bins for all of us. Um, this is kind of the um, getting closer to the end of the show. Um, but yeah, uh, like like usual, Mike started off because you love talking. So, get her going. Oh, start that that engine. (laughs) All right, Caleb. Uh, No. So so only thing I'll say, I do try to keep my point short, I promise, Um, is I I have respect for all three of us because the three most, uh, I should say, hated guys in in Dynasty right now, which that's more what we're talking. None of us have Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, or Aaron Jones. So good on us because those, I think, are the three names you're going to find on a lot of other shows. So we went above and beyond. 
No. Well, I noticed too that we all went wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> we pick a lot of wide receivers. We I did that for a long time. I think what it's happening is we noticed that in our dynasty league, um, at least, is that it's easier to get wide receivers, if you notice. Um, yes. Yep. Everybody's holding on a running back. You need that running back. And it's just, so that's, that's what I think is showing out is that for our league, at least, it might be different for your guys', but for ours, this is how it looks. Yeah, position scarcity. So so my bargain bin guy was Amari Cooper. And I, I'll say this, admittingly, this might be a better answer after the 2021 season, but I'm going to rock with it anyway. So he's number 17 overall in fantasy pros rankings. He's the wide receiver nine overall. For me, clearance bargain bin, can I get that guy half off? So next year, could he be ranked in the mid-30s? I think absolutely. Three, three reasons quickly. So one is CeeDee Lamb. If there's a 1A, 1B for my love of Barkley and A.J. Brown, my 1C would be C.D. Lamb. I think he's a whale of a player. The Dallas Cowboys didn't need to make that pick. That was a luxury pick. And they gave him number 88, which number 88 in Dallas means something. That means Michael Irvin. That means Des Bryant. And I think that's how they view this guy. I'm a CD truther. I believe he's special. I think by year's end, he's their wide receiver one. Call me crazy, but I think by year's end, he's already that guy. Is Number two, that. Is, hey, sorry. Oh, go ahead. This, this no, is, is this Cooper's contract year as well? No, so that, this is where no. I was going. So he actually yeah. just got, yeah, he just got the five-year, $100 million deal. Okay. And and why I said this would be a better 21, 2021 take is actually in 2022, they have an out. So not yeah, this season, okay. That's but what it was. yeah, not this season, but next season they have an out. Or it's kind of, you led me perfectly to my second point. They have to pay Dak. Uh, you can't keep fran- franchise tagging this guy. They have to pay their quarterback. You don't pay your second wide receiver on your football team five years, $100 million. That's not a $20 million a year position. And if CD is who I think he is and overthrows that role, they're going to get out of this deal as quick as possible, whether it's 2021 or after 2021 or a trade partner. And really third is kind of the same point. Just they, they almost have the perfect wide receiver too already in Michael Gallup. He did a last year. He had over, you have over 1100 yards. Chris, yep. you have them now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So had over I love the guy until I saw that CD lamb landing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which I actually tough to see. No. And I, and I get that, but I, I do argue, I think it's okay for him. Cause I think Cooper in this scenario, CD becomes what I think he's going to become. I think Gallup is actually the guy that survives in that wide receiver to rule just because he's not going to make 20 million annually. So mm-hmm. that that's why I, I picked the disappearing act of Amari Cooper in Oakland as my uh, bargain bin guy. Damn. Amari Cooper. I'd be interested. What, okay. what, do you guys, uh, where do you guys think he lands? If, if that's the case, where do you think he goes? I, I, First thing that pops in my mind, Aaron Rodgers probably out the door here soon. Get him with the Packers next to Devonta Adams. I don't know. That might be some. That's it's tough because I, I think he does make it to to twenty twenty one. It it would be after that, so I, that's a tough one to project. I would say Miami off the top of my head, but get some Jordan Love in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Devin, how about so my. Yeah, so my my bargain bin, um, I I had two people listed as you guys can see. I really only focused on one, um, and, and I'll tell you why. So I had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think next next year, one of these guys you'll be able to get uh, for cheaper than what you can get them for this year, especially with the Tampa Bay hype and Tom Brady um, rolling in. Uh, but th- this is why. So. And I'm going to kind of lean more on Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is going to be the guy who is uh, going to not necessarily the odd man out. And I don't see a bad season um, coming from Godwin and Evans. I see a down season coming from Mike Evans. I think Godwin is more of that wide receiver that Tom Brady likes. Um, the, you know, the guy who's going to move in and out and can be his little dump off buddy, just like Julian Edelman, who, by the way, finished as the seventh best wide receiver in PPR last year. So, but when you look at the wide receiver two, Sanu was 58. That was the next closest uh, Patriot um, fantasy uh, for, for catching. Um, so 
the, the talent is greater in Godwin and Evans, um, obviously, than Edelman and Sanu at this point in their careers. But I don't, I don't think Tom Brady will be able to handle two top 10 fantasy wide receivers. I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, they're going to play probably a little bit uh, safer with Brady. And Winston last year, as many turnovers as that guy had, he was hucking it left and right. And I think that was great for fantasy production. Um, so I think this year you're going to see a hit um, in either one. I, I would say at least one of them. I'm leaning more towards Mike Evans just because of the the deep mm-hmm. ball and Brady's age. And, um, so I think next year, especially if Brady does want to stay a second year in Tampa, um, I, I think Mike Evans will be in that bargain bin where you'll be able to get a little bit cheaper because he might have a down year. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, but compared to what we're used to with Mike Evans, I think we're going to see some numbers drop. And, um, I think next year you'll be able to get him a little bit cheap. Now on that same thing before, uh, we move on. Um, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Chris Godwin is probably the biggest he's, he, I think he's going to be playing a slot. He's the biggest slot that Tom Brady has had, right? Um, well, I mean, aside from he's had Welker, he's had Edelman, uh, he's, he's always loved that that uh right that that shifty wide receiver so i i don't think godwin godwin's if anything i think godwin would be fine it's just more yeah. more or less mike Epp, that that pro typical wide receiver one you know where he's the deep ball guy and i just don't see brady really um going that way i mean he will obviously i just i think he'll look godwin's way I, just like he was looking like Edelman's way yeah like you're saying I think Godwin's still gonna go he's still gonna be he's still gonna be Godwin um he might take a little bit of a downtick but I think Mike Evans takes the most out of that um like you said with that deep ball um but I think yep. I think Plus, Godwin's Gronk's gonna go crazy this year um just because he's underneath you know Brady he likes that underneath it wins Super Bowls <laughs> Devin yep. I think you were touching on it but yeah that would I because I, I love this pick I think you're spot on I think you were trying to touch on you guys. Gronk's there too. Uh, is mm-hmm. talking about red zone threat. Uh, yeah, I mean he brought his buddy. Yep. Yep. Oh, and you know he's going to be tossing to Gronk in yep. the end zone, and that that was Evans' money there. So right. I mean, it. I I think Evans will have a down year from what we. I mean, he's still. I'm looking at fantasy pros right now. Godwin is ten. Evans is twelve. Yeah. So they have these guys both top yeah. fifteen yeah. dynasty assets. I mean, Mike Evans is only twenty six. Godwin's 24. I don't see this having a, a long-term effect. So, I mean, if you can buy these guys, you might as well still go get them, um, especially even if they have a down year. Uh, and that's why I think Mike Evans next year, bargain bin, go get them. Yep, right I like on, it. Right on. Um, moving on to mine. Uh, we already talked about Juju in the bargain bin. Um, I talked about Big Ben, and then Mike threw in uh, a pretty good point on that, um, on uh, Antonio Brown. Um, which I did not look in that far into. So that is interesting to look at as well. Um, I did have another one, um, and that was Cooper Cup. Now, admittedly, I, for some reason, I always forget about Cooper Cup and how actually good he is. Um, but this guy, he's going to be a bargain. He's also on that contract year, as Juju is. I believe they came in the same draft. Um, but the thing with Cooper Cup is that he came in pretty old. Um he came in, I think it was around 24, 25. Um, and then in that age apex, um, you start being, I mean, you reach your peak when you're between 25 and 27. And right now he's 27. So from that, I just think he's, after that, he's just going to be going downhill. Um, I guess this season will show what he's capable of or what he's not capable of or what the Rams can even bring to the table because what the heck are they doing? I don't even know right now. Um, but that was my other guy who's just kind of a throw and just kind of a guy I was thinking of. Uh, I, I'm interested in knowing what you guys think of, uh, cup. Devin, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a stab. I'm a big fan of Cooper. I'm a big fan of Cooper cup. And I actually think, um, I'm going to, I'll have to disagree on the bargain bin, Chris. I think this year, especially after trading Cooks, um, I think Cooper Cup is going to come back to a wide receiver one. And uh, Goff loves the kid. That's his number one go to. Um, and I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. I don't really see him being a bargain next year just due to that. But being a free agent as well and you know, having that question mark on where uh, you're going to land, that could also, um, you know, you might be able to get them cheap 
playing playing it off that yeah. as well. But I, I like the guy. I think he's he has a few more years of top production as long as he stays healthy. Um, and he, the targets are there. Goff likes him. It's a security blanket. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say he's gonna have a really good year as long as he can stay healthy. I don't know if he'll be that cheap. Um, but yeah, that's I is the uh, is the uh, sorry, Mike. One, one more take. Um, yep, yep. Is for Cooper Cup for me? It's basically the contract and the and the old age. Um, what is it? Twenty twenty one. He's obviously gonna be twenty eight. So it's go. I feel like it's going downhill after that time. It's not. I mean, he's gonna slow down. Obviously, he's had a significant injury. Um, that knocked him out for I think it was six weeks. Um, but I think I think that's what will hinder him. Now this like I said before, this is bargain bin. This is still a great player. Um but I just think it's somebody who can get cheaper. Um now I like I said I could be I think I could be wrong, but do the Rams have cap space for Cooper Cup? No, so that's that's where I was gonna go with this. Yeah. I actually I, I tend to side with you, Chris. And so they, they don't have a lot of cap space and the other issue I have with Cooper Cup is they have drafted their succession plan. They took Van Jefferson in the second round. I'm not a big Van Jefferson guy, but you know who Van Jefferson is? He's Cooper Cup. Yes. He's an older rookie who played in the slot. He's a really savvy route runner. He wins over the middle. Everything Cooper Cup does, that's what Van Jefferson does. Je- <laughs> Edit that out. Van Jefferson does. <laughs> so <laughs> so I my issue is that the succession plan is so clearly laid out there. And yeah, I don't. I don't know if a team's going to pay Cooper Cup big money, and then you're at you're at age 28. Is that what you said, Chris? He's going to be 28 next year. No, he'll be 27. He'll or be 27. 27. Yeah, it's. But I just. Yeah. But but a first year wide receiver yeah. on a new team, which yeah. you know we saw Allen Robinson that hurt him year one. Last right. He blew up. Odell hurt him year one. Probably a great buy right now. So. Yeah, I don't like the the notion of him being somewhere else 27 going through that first year drought. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, that was, yeah. No, I thought that was uh, that was a good question, Chris. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you guys don't have anything else, I think that pretty much wraps it up for tonight. Um, I think uh, our next episode here, we'll have to hit up some more uh, rookie breakdowns. And uh, well, let's do a trade question I too. I mean, we hit the seventy minute mark. We haven't even done a trade question. That's okay. Crazy. Do you have one? Do you have one off the top? No, no, I don't. I'm saying for next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we'll let the listeners go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, th- thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you uh, hit that like button and subscribe and um, keep following us. Yeah, follow this journey. Um, we're starting out. We're uh, we're a little we're a little new to it, obviously. So uh, just gotta work out the kinks, but. Um, like we said, we all love Dynasty, um, and we're just going to keep this going. <laughs> <laughs>